What up? What up? Another Sunday, baby. Sunday night special, Pastor Jeff. Yes, sir. What's happening with you? Man, I'm good, man. Hey, I want to tell you why why I'm mad before we even invite anybody in. I want to tell you why I am I am teed off. Okay. Because we had the nerve to add an extra hour to 2020. <laughs> like it wasn't always already the world's longest year. 2020 has been like five years long. Listen. I think there's like 72 months in 2020. Listen, listen, when I found out that Ooh-E-I-I passed away yesterday. Jeff, who can do a tribute to Rance Allen? Nobody. Who can do a tribute? Can't nobody nobody do that, man. Nobody can do that. They have a seizure right on stage. (laughs) The great Bishop Rance Allen. Phenomenal, man. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. I mean, there are a few people that as soon as you hear the first note, yep. mm-hmm. you, you know who it is. I already know. You already know. And, and and just make songs his own, man. That's something about the name Jesus, man. Like, can't nobody do that like that, Doc. Save the generation. Yes, Save sir. the generation. Kirk should just retire that <laughs> and, and never come back to it. But we start the show with rest in peace. Rest in peace, Bishop Rance Allen. You you That's fought right. a good fight, man. It hurt. It, it hurts, man. It it hurts yeah. for my friends and family who are deeply co. You know, our Kojic brothers and sisters had yeah. a hard year, and, and it stinks to see so many generals. Uh, just a brother. Uh, just I caught an old video of him. You know, he used to have like a funk band. the The Allen Group was a funk band, and like that ain't so. Look it up on YouTube. They done up. like them big music Woodstock type festivals. Dude was killing it. I know he had to be, man. Killing it. He had to be. Played the guitar too. Like funk, you know, funk guitar, you know, just you can't tell me. You can't tell me that he didn't woo a couple women with that voice too. Oh, you know we all listen, listen. We know he has a testimony. We know. We know he has a testimony. <laughs> and, the Lord uh, and, is kind. and on that subject, man, we don't want to forget about the great late Sean Connery, man. Yeah. Uh, Yes, yes, yes. And I mean, I love that, but I mean, The Rock, was was that the name of the movie? Uh, The Rock? Yeah. Yeah, the the prison one. Yeah, yeah. Great, man. He was great, man. Just a phenomenal actor, man. And, um, you know, I mean, he had to be like 107, though, but. uh, Oh, yeah, yeah. He he goes back to like uh, Reconstruction. (laughs) He was a carpet carpet bagger. (laughs) So. Man, Jeff, what's going on outside, man? Listen, the devil has arrived. The devil, in Ohio. the white devil. <laughs> they, 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 they can tell me all they want that hell was hot. I believe it's snow in hell. <laughs> you know what? Maybe what hell really is is <laughs> bitter cold that gives you that fire feeling for the rest of your life. Man, I cannot stand it. And then me personally, hell frostbite. <laughs> Frostbite. I'm bad, man, because I can't stand for nobody to walk through my snow. Yeah. Yeah. I, I literally shovel the yard so that the mailman don't leave footprints. <laughs> I do. I'm serious. 
That's how bad I am. But I'm how going, do you know if people are coming and going? You got you to watch out, man. Know if you're looking right, at, right you know. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Welcome, everybody who's coming in. Who Welcome, everybody. Tap in, in. Say hi. Don't don't just be lurking. Don't don't lurk. You know, we got enough stalkers. You, right. What's up? I see like 15 people watching us. Somebody come up in these comments and say, hey, what's happening? What's going on? Before we hit, you know, our guest for the day. Just come chop it up with us. Let us know that you're in the room. You know, my kids went ran outside when they saw the snow. I mean, it's coating up here in Northeast Ohio. It is coating snow, sticking. Mm -hmm. November 1st, we got no break. Now, listen, my kids had the nerve to run outside. I said, you know you ain't getting no snow days, right? <laughs> I told Chris the same thing. You don't get no snow days in uh, virtual learning. You better roll over in your pajamas. Your teacher going to be right there. You better hope you better hope you better hope your parents might get a <laughs> some type of uh uh what is that called um <laughs> the not not the cable but the um the other one the streaming uh, or oh, antenna not the stream what with, with, with the tony had when we had to go upstairs oh the we, satellite, satellite. <laughs> oh, satellite they got satellite when we had to clean off the whole satellite just to watch the super bowl <laughs> we almost lost our lives that was crazy. Man. Yeah, man. Yeah, but it's it's so it's officially it, it's winter. Just call it winter. Fall is over. Fall is over. Uh, Halloween candy is half price, and Christmas <laughs> decorations are full price. And Thanksgiving is just get fat for one day. It's not even a real holiday anymore. So right, right. this is our reality. Uh, this is where we're at. Welcome uh -huh. to everybody. I see you saying, "Hey, Tim, Donnet, Fernando, what's up, my brother? Uh, Tatum." Pastor Tatum Osborne, good to see you, Adrian. God bless you. Uh, you know, we don't want to really prolong the time, but I do want to say at the top before Jeff introduces our guest today to be sure to follow us on all of our online platforms, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. If you look just below my face, you can see all of our hashtags and names and be sure to follow us, invite your friends to follow us, to like us. You can watch us on YouTube uh, as well as Facebook. We love your comments. We love your interactions. And to that point, if you would prepare or think about something that's been on your mind, something you wanted to ask us, two pastors that's willing to give you the real raw answer. If you have some kind of question that you want to add to our rapid fire segment at the end of the uh, podcast in about 40 minutes or so, that was the world's loudest bottle, by the way. Uh, horrible. Right. <laughs> I won't say the name. I won't say the name, Pastor Jeff, but I was at a funeral a few months ago and a pastor sat there and played with that daggone water bottle the entire service. Loud as the devil. And I'm yeah. like, you know better. You're like a spiritual father. I'm like, are you trolling people? Like what is what's going on? What's what's happening? Well, I'm I, real quick before I, I'm Drinking my water, and I forgot to put the top back on today. You know, I, I, I hit the podium. <laughs> water just everywhere. <laughs> water just everywhere. Hey, I, I baptized everything. Everybody. Listen, everybody. <laughs> there's still a stain on the floor that got me from that whole orange juice I knocked over in the middle of a sermon. So, but they shouldn't have gave me that big old chalice. You know, that big chalice <laughs> they give you, that King's Cup. Hey, it's like hey, six hey, inches hey. tall with a doily over it. I'm like, y'all know how wild I am. Why would you put this up here? Uh, so it is what it is. But hey, everybody, I see you, Dominique, uh, uh, Rashad, good to see you, Sarah, good to see you, Mother Mary Marsh, 
we are keeping good watch over Mike. We're keeping him yes, we saved. We're praying. Yeah. I got some blessed oil for him. We are <laughs> we are working on him. So it's good to see everybody. I want Jeff to go ahead and introduce our guest for tonight so we can chop it up and get into it. Listen, we are excited tonight. We have a young brother, young man who is uh, phenomenal. Amen. Uh, this brother is from uh, North Carolina by way of Buffalo, New York. Amen. Buffalo, Buffalo. Buffalo, New York. Amen. He is a singer in his own rights. He is a praise and worship leader. He is a pastor. This brother just graduated from Liberty University. Uh, he got his uh, divinity degree. He also is, uh, he's also a wonderful father. He is also the pastor of the authentic church. Amen. So listen, if you love praise and worship, go tell somebody, invite somebody, invite uh, praise and worship leaders and singers and songwriters. This brother uh, sung with John P. Key for a while. He's oh, a dude. My yes, sir. He he, the man. Amen. Amen. So do you do me a favor? Put your hands together as I present to some and uh, introduce to others. My boy Lamont, Pastor Lamont Josie. Amen. Come on. Yo bro. yo yo yo. Welcome welcome. What up? What up? What up? How you doing? How you doing? Man, we are well. Man, how are you? I'm good. I'm good, man. I'm really good. Is it snowing down there, Doc? No, sir. No, sir. Matter of fact, uh, bro. Uh, we'll send you some. We'll send you some. It's all right. I'll take my 70 degrees. Refrigerated package. <laughs> well, I, you know, I just want to start off, man, because, you know, I just didn't hyped you all up, man. I gave all these people, uh, I gave, somebody said Brooklyn, New York. I gave I gave all these people a big introduction oh. to you, man, and how, how well you sing, man. So you, you got to give us like two bars or something, man. Oh, he about to sing. You got to give us two bars or something, Doc. An A selection. We need an A selection. Hey, listen, but you got to say this first. You got to say, all of our choir couldn't make it tonight, but the portion, <laughs> the portion that's here. Right, right, right. Listen, uh, since uh, my sopranos couldn't show up. Right, 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 right. Yeah, we're going to come in our own way. We're going to come in our own way. Yep, yeah, yeah, we're going to come in our own way, and we're going to try to, we're going to bless the people of God uh, with just a, just something simple to encourage your hearts. Is that all right? Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. When you introduced me, I didn't get a chance to do my do, say my name again. Pastor Lamont. Yeah, there. Yeah, there. Yeah, there it is. That's the, that's the preacher introduction pose. The international symbol of preacher introduction. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's all I wanted. I just, I just wanted okay, you would you you would put me on the spot. Um, but since right. you were talking about. We, we lost one of our icons, um, uh, Bishop Rance Allen, uh, one, taught me a, a good, a big lesson in, um, in studio, in working in the studio. He said, the best thing that you can do when you're singing a song, he would say is, he, said he would eat Lay's potato chips before he sang a song. And I was like, Lay's potato chips, Lay's potato chips. He said, the sodium from the chip takes away the phlegm from your throat. What? He said, yeah, he said, that's good for preachers and that's good for singers. I need that's that. What's going on with me? I ain't been eating the lays. I knew <laughs> I knew something was the matter. <laughs> wow. So anyway, um, I'm going to give you a little something. Uh, pray my strength. That's what they say. Yeah, yeah, yes, sir. Something about the name Jesus. Something about the name Jesus. 
It is the sweetest name I know. Oh, how I love the name Jesus. Yes, sir. Oh, how I love the name Jesus. It is the sweetest name I, I know. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> 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 About yes, spit. If I had, if I had a little something, I'd have been like, "Hey, yeah!" I'd have did all that. You just tore up the Mount Canaan Mission Harry Baptist Church, fourteenth anniversary. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, man. That that chip, that chips. Yeah, man. You know what? I bet you he still has some in his cheeks when he was singing. <laughs> Listen. He looked like he could pack some away. <laughs> we, didn't call, we didn't call him Ranch. We called him Ranch. We called him ranch. <laughs> That's Ranch Allen. Ranch Allen. <laughs> getting Valley anointing. So talk to us, man. Tell, tell, us, what it, tell us what it was like, man. Working with John P. Key, man, and 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 going on tour and doing things of that nature, man. First of all, tell us how John P. Key is, because we, you know, I, I just, you know, I, I love John P. Key, but it seemed like he got a little thug to him. Oh, he crazy. Oh, listen, John P. Key is, yeah, definitely was a thug, man. Listen, and he still got hood in him. Listen, man, <laughs> man listen. this, but he's one of the most thoroughest men that I know. Hmm. And um, he, he's in, not not only is he authentic, man, but he's a man of, you know, he's a man of, um, he's, he's a godly man. Uh, but, but he's, you know, he's just one of those men that you can look up to and know that he's going to honor his word. You know, and those are the type of men that we're missing today, you know, when, when we're trying to look up to people. Um, somebody that says, does exactly what he says, keeps his word. Um, working with John was awesome. Um, I was in Buffalo, New York. And I was attending a concert that he did at one of the churches there. And they passed the mic in the crowd. And, you know, I was the very last person that they grabbed the microphone, you know, that they gave it to. And so he was, we were, uh, I was singing. So he saw me and he came over and he pulled me out of the crowd. And then he started trading riffs back and forth with me. We were just going back and forth with runs. Oh, at, at that time, I was known, you know, that was my thing, riffing all day. So everybody in my city knew me for running. So we're going back and forth trading. And next thing you know, you know, after we finished, she was like, listen, we need to talk. So afterwards, we talked. The next day, we went up to Toronto. Um, he did a concert in Toronto. I came up and sang on stage with him. And uh, after that, man, I came down to Charlotte. And he was just like, listen, man, if you play your cards right, you know, in this, 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 man, I'll tell you, within four months, I was moving to Charlotte. Wow. And I moved wow. to Charlotte, started singing with him. I learned, I learned so much as far as musicianship and professionalism. And so when I do what I do um, on, on the, either the stage or when I'm ministering, it's largely because he had a hand in that. Wow. 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 I mean, that, that, that's amazing. We've heard of people being discovered in malls and, you know, even street corners, you know, that's that scene. You reminded me of that scene from What's Love Got to Do With It when Ike, you know, uh, yeah, Tina, yeah. Tina starts singing from the crowd 
But so the streets have rap battles and the church got riff battles. <laughs> we, have, we have riff battles and run battles. But you're right. You're right. Yeah. Listen, because you know good and well, if you're a singer, if you can't run. Oh, man. I mean, you know, I, I know everybody you, wants you to sing it straight. I know everybody wants you to sing it plain, but everybody need a little sauce sometimes. Listen, so, my, but if I run and my mother hears me running, my mother would be like, okay, you're doing too much. You're yeah, yeah, too much. yeah, yeah. So, when I'm around mom, I keep that thing real smooth. Keep it real smooth. Keep it real smooth. But, you know, that brings to mind when it comes to a presentation of the gospel, this unique, powerful thing we call gospel music and praise and worship music, especially in the black context. It's it's the perfect mixture. And nobody likes to use this word. It's become a bad word. But it's the perfect mixture of gen- genuine worship and sincere praise alongside this exhibition of the gifts and talents God has given you. And people don't always understand that. There are people who show off, but what you just described was obviously like giving the musicians some, you know, it's like, it's your moment to just let loose a little bit. We're not pretending this is the anointing just because you got a riff, but it's be able to be able to express that extra that you have. That's beautiful to even have those moments. It's it's being free. It's being yeah. able to be free to be uh, creative and let God use you in that moment. You know, at that particular time in that setting. You know, right. some people do it. Some people do it effortlessly. You know, um, but like I said, you know, I always I will say it, and I'll continue to say it to the younger generation: be tasteful with what you do. Placement is everything. No matter what you do, placement. Yeah, I don't care if you're playing a keyboard. Placement uh-huh. is everything. And yeah. the, but, but the person, who has, as we would say back on the road, the person who gets the gig is the person who knows how to stay in the pocket. That's right. it. Mm-hmm. Keep it locked in. That's it. That's it. Keep. I mean, I, I'm like the funeral king of Warren. <laughs> and, you know, we get tired of hearing. So, you know, we all know the funeral songs. We all know the funeral song. You know, I won't complain. Uh, my soul is anchored, <laughs> you know. But one brother who I love, I mean, the organist is bad. This cat went all reggae with it. He's he didn't took us to Jamaica and <laughs> Rastafari and Bob Marley. I'm like, dude, this is not the place. People are falling on the floor. What's going on? And and that yeah, that's where we have. That's where. The old, the older ones, us, the seasoned ones, are yeah. supposed to come in. But you know, a lot of these young, young, uh, I say it, I say it the way I say it. A lot of these young cats, mm-hmm. they don't want to take instruction. Right. They just because they have skill. And I tell, I tell somebody, I used to tell my organist all the time, I know you're, I know you're gifted. I, I know your skill, but skill alone ain't gonna help you learn this up. That's it. You're gonna need some oil for this. That's because it. Certain songs can be sung. Certain songs can, need to be ministered. Certain mm-hmm. songs need to be played. Certain songs need to be ministered. You know, and if you don't know how to do that, you're going to miss out because oil knows oil. <laughs> yes, sir. And even those who are not anointed know when they're being impacted by the anointing. That's that's that it. boy off the street, that family that's just showed up on a Sunday, they know the difference. Anybody can be impressed. That's right. That's right. But to impact the spirit, the soul, they might not come running down the aisle that moment, 
but you'll leave a mark they'll never forget. That's right. So let me I, ask I you this, it. man. What, 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 you know, as I watch Christendom today and, you know, churches today, it seems to me as though the choir has dwindled. Mm -hmm. A lot of churches are going more to praise and worship and less away from the choir. You know, choir robes, everybody's choir robes is somewhere. Putting oh, man, ours are in the closet, Doc. <laughs> somewhere we putting back. What happened to the choir, man? Well, I'm going to just tell you like this. The respect for the choir has diminished. Mm -hmm. um, and for what we were doing in worship, what the choir brought to the service is no longer is is no longer needed for some of these mega ministries now. And so now you got places that just say, well, well, the mega ministry started that. Then it dwindled down to the smaller ones that said, you know what? Oh, in order to be efficient with time, Mm. Or to do this, this is what we'll do. We'll just scale it down to this, this many, and all that. That's where you get the, the the respect for the for the music has really diminished, and it's sad. And that's another reason why I I don't really miss it that much. I'm a choir director, right? I really, I really don't miss the the responsibility anymore because I remember a time when my dad, who was the director, who was also the pastor. Uh -huh. When he directed, there was a sense of okay, let's pay attention. We don't do this now. There's no, there's, there's a, there's a lack of respect for music mm -hmm. ministry. Yeah. So it, the choir, the and, and definitely robes. Oh no! Remember back in the day when we were young, you didn't say it was too hot. You got in the robe. Get in that robe. <laughs> it can be a hundred degrees, but you got in the robe. Get in that robe. But now, oh no! Let's take a vote. We're, <laughs> take a vote, right? Now we vote on everything, you know. Yeah. Now I'm a kindred spirit. I grew up playing for my father since I was a young man uh, in music, leading praise and worship. And still, it never really leaves you. But at some point, you do have to find that fine line between right. the musician, the singer, and and being the preacher. And what you just said about uh, the choir and the lack of respect for the traditional role of the choir, a, a big part that I see is it takes something for a leader and the people being led to have the patience, the wherewithal, the gifting, the crafting, to take a large group of people of various giftings, various uh, abilities, and bring them into one sound. And some people just literally want to create a dream team, right? Uh, literally like 92 dream team. Like where's Bird? Where's Jordan? Where's, where's David Robinson? Give them a mic. And, and even you've seen some of these large church choirs, even the ones that still have them, don't nobody even hear them because you got six people on the mic in front of them. And I was about to say that. And you know, I don't know about anybody else, but nothing burns me up more than seeing 10 people in a mic and then you got 50 people behind them singing their hearts on them. And my thing is, I understand that you want that sound, that perfect sound. Yeah. But, but to, this is only my, my take. What you do when you do that, you it lets the people know. It tells me that I'm not significant enough or I didn't yeah. make the call or, yeah. or, or you don't need me, you know, to to do this. And so you make me feel less than if I don't have a mic. Yes. So that's that's what I take from it. You know, I I understand the perfect sound. And like you yeah. said, 
they they do want the best singers in the mic. I totally get that. But back in my day, we just put the best singers up front. Up front. And then we put the <laughs> you know, it was talk about being on that front line when you were a tenor or a soprano or alto. But yeah. you know, to me, that just takes away. It, it does. It takes away. And, and there's to me a sense of satisfaction because I still work with our praise team, and now it's a, fa- a function of necessity. We have a choir at second. COVID has crushed the idea of having the choir in the stand. But I like the idea of taking someone who is not confident, who is a little weak. I'm I'm very careful about finding that middle ground of strength for everybody. The the stronger able to carry the weak, but the weak, they find their slick place too, you know? And seeing people who would not have operated this level get to that level. That's also why, like you said, these musicians. We're not spending time developing people in the church like we once did. We used to be lined up on the front row with a pair of sticks. Let's believe it. Waiting for somebody to go to the bathroom. Yes, yes. <laughs> Offering time. Offering time. <laughs> Real yep. quick, Pastor Todd, that, that question is posed. Why is the title 9 to 5? I'm going to let you answer that. because. Oh, listen. The classic movie, The Five Heartbeats with Big Red. Oh. My office hours. My office hours <laughs> are from nine. We didn't even announce the title. My office hours are from nine to five. And that's why we're talking with Pastor Lamont Josie today about the business of gospel music, what he's seen, what he's experienced over his years. Right now, we're talking about the choir transition from choir to praise team. And, and, and to that, the perfected sound that we expect in the church now almost changes the sound of worship, the raucous, organic sound of the church many of us grew up on has become almost a tight studio sound that you would only hear on a CD. And do you feel that the business, the growing entity that has become the church, the the money to be made, those that have made it big, has shifted even those guys like us at the local level trying to be Kirk what Kirk would be on Bobby Jones, we're trying to be that now on Sunday morning. Do you see that? Have you seen that evolution? Yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. And, and we can't, I won't say that all, but I'd say a, a lot of the people want to get that sound. They want, they want to, they love that, uh, that perf- they, they, they aim for the perfection. And so they want that perfect sound. So what they end up doing, and and we have to be careful of this because what we end up doing is alienating others because we want that perfect sound. So if you can't, like like you just talked about, Bishop Hezekiah Walker said it like this. He said, churches become more of um, big business than soul business. Uh, Yeah. So what we've done is we've we've placed more emphasis on it just being perfect than it being authentically flawed. So what 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 I would say to you though you said something earlier that that really got me because I am a lot like you in the in the respect where I like taking those that don't or can't be the best or whatever, or don't feel that they sound that way because that says something about me. That's for me, that's a push because I'm not, my nickname is champ. So when they call me champ, that means I like to win. So to me, I take that as a challenge of making someone else, helping them to be better. 
rather right. than being stuck because yes, maybe that person is a great singer, but I can teach you too yeah. how to do this and that. So that brings something on me. And that's exactly what we were called to do. We were, we're, we're music ministers in, in music ministry for a reason, not for to us to keep it to ourselves. Yeah. But to yeah. teach somebody else to tell. Everybody should be self-play. I, I shouldn't have been, shouldn't be the drummer for years. Shouldn't be the choir director for 40 years at the church. No, there should be somebody I'm teaching that comes up and I should be moving to the next level. Yeah. Or overseeing, you know. Yeah, I love it. I love now, it. Let me, let me ask you this. I'm not going, you know, um, I'm not putting anybody down. Everybody does what they want to do at their churches. Go ahead and put them down, Jeff. Just put them down. Talk about it. But there are a lot of churches now who have switched over. And I mean, you know, you know, you got the laser lights, you got the fog, you know, it, it's dark when you come in church. Trap, trap doors. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, and I mean, I think for a concert, that's fine. I, I guess, um, you know, for me, I really don't like it too much. But, you know, for a regular church service, I mean, how do you feel about that? Actually, so I'll be I'll be one because at my church, I, I like to, it to be dark for a reason. Not not for the not for ambiance. OK, because a lot of people are doing it for ambiance. My I do it because I want to make sure that when I'm preaching, that I don't I don't have to look you in the eye. Oh. I can say what I need to say, and I can let it flow, and I don't got to be looking at somebody and saying, "Oh, he was talking about me over what we said last week." You know, I, I do it for that reason so that I can make sure that I'm looking through them and not totally directly at them. I want to make sure that I don't offend po folks because let's be clear, today today's church is not like. The church that we grew up with. Right, right, everybody, right. everybody's sensitive now. Yeah, everybody. And then everybody you got to worry about lawsuits. You got to worry about so many different things. Confidentiality. People thinking that when you had a a meeting with the pastor and you what you said in confidence, now he's preaching on it. No, that's not what it is. So what I like to do is just create that, create a, a place where I don't have to see you directly, but but there's a there's a lot of lights on stage. There's a lot of lights that illuminate the stage, but I don't have to look and see the people directly, like like eye to eye. And it's I not because it. I'm scared of them. It's just because I just want to make sure that everybody understands that I'm not preaching on you. I'm preaching to you. Okay. That's well, I, I want to see him when I preach on him. I want to <laughs> see him. I want to see your face when I caught no, him. <laughs> but, but you're right, though. A lot of people do it now for the concert feel. And yeah. I, I don't want a concert feel because, listen, my thing is after the concert's over, you still hellbound if you ain't got it right. So I don't need I don't need to be emotionally charged. I need you to be yeah. spiritually charged when I leave. I need, I, when we leave, I want to make sure that we're, we're touching the right areas and that we're concentrating on the right thing. Because I'll be honest with you, all of it's wonderful. All of it's great, but it's all an attention getter for the altar call. Yes, That's it. my my job is That's the ultimate. It. That's it. Uh, our producer, Mike, has a question that leads us in. And I, I have a question I want to ask at some point in here. We've seen the evolution of gospel music. And thank God for the unity in the body, the, the sharing of expressions, if you will. 
between white and black and mixture yeah. of styles. But we have seen just an I some people would consider not everybody an overrun of CCM Christian contemporary music, the Hill song style, the Michael W. Smith, Chris Tomlin style. How has that affected black, black gospel music? Most of our biggest hits these days are remakes often or the black gospel version. And some people feel that that's taken the gospel sound out, the devotional sound out, the freeze the guitars, the acoustic guitars. And <laughs> what, what do you think about the effect? Let's start on the business side, like from the industry side. Are we edging out black gospel? No, I wouldn't say that we're edging out black gospel. I would okay. say, that, but that it still has its place. Um, especially, in, and it all depends on the type of church. Because if you're going to, if you're going to a church of God in Christ, you ain't gonna hear much of the hills up. Okay, it, it all depends on certain, you know. And I'm only talking in general, church of God in Christ. In general, I grew up Koji. I grew up, let's be clear, I grew up AME Zion and Koji. So I know the Methodist side, I know the, the, the Pentecostal side. And um that's in in if I can rewind. Um all of this music we hear today, let's be clear what it is. It's not gospel music, it's inspiration. Mm. Okay. Because it the gospel music is the life, the death, <laughs> the, the resurrection, and the second coming of Christ. If you if if it's not us, if we're not singing about that, it's inspiration. Okay, so it's a it's a great song. So what we what we're dealing with, with the hill song, and, and I don't want to put them down. I won't put nobody down. But that's a lot of emotional. We're dealing with a lot of emotion. My thing is, let's deal with. Let's go back to singing songs that deal with how we're going to overcome what we're in by dedicating our lives back to God. When I, when when we don't do that, then I, I feel like it's all a failure. It's it, it's all a failure from where we need to be because we're taking the focus off God and we're putting it on people's emotional states. That's just me. I love it. I, I love it, and I, I appreciate that balanced, you know, approach. You know, we don't need worship wars. We don't need to be turning people against each other, but we do want to make sure we don't chase fads and it's not a fad because it's a fad it's a fad if we make it one because we didn't sincerely approach a particular style we saw oh that's hot right now so let me just do that in my church then you might not even be matching the sound of your church or the community you minister to because you're just going hey that was on the radio it's number one let me do that but my old second baptist we old school second baptist we passed me not Okay, there you guys been not old gentle savior, crank that organ doc, you know. <laughs> but hey, you know how to mold the new school. At my last church, that's what I was I was at a Baptist church. I, I ministered music in a Baptist church. And at my last church, it's you know know your audience, number one. Yeah. Yeah. Know your audience, know what's right for the church. First of all, you, and, and let's be clear, in the very beginning, you ought to know the heart of your pastor. So you can understand the vision for the church That's and where it. you're trying to go. And then, then you need to find out what, what you, you, you talk to me. This is what I tell people at my church. I tell them this. I am the visionary of the church. I placed you over that particular, um, over that department because I need you to have a vision for that department. 
Yeah. I yeah. Don't, so that it can all come together so it's legs to stand on. Mine is for the overall. Yours should be for that leg. And so I had, as a minister of music, you have to know what your, what, what your church is. Like I said, I couldn't come in there doing some Thai tribute. Thai, boy, them, them old, old people were ready to kill you. You know, you got you, you to gotta know, just like you said, ask me not. Uh, you, you better come with some, uh, just a little talk with Jesus. And you have to know all of that. And that brings us to another segue. That's the problem with the younger generation. They don't know how to play them hits. Listen, listen. They don't have a songbook, Doc. Not at all. They well, they can't, read, they can't read music, first of all. So let's they can't be clear. Read music, and and they're trying to apply contemporary chords to traditional songs. My grandmother would be the first one to tell you, "You're messing it up." You mess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I would tell some of the young men, "This isn't a cover-all for everything." But there are only so many patterns to most of our hymns and devotional songs. And if you have intelligently engaged the music and spent time around people, even if you never heard the song, you would understand where it's going mm -hmm. by the way it's being sung. You would know, oh, this is the Amazing Grace style pattern. Oh, this is the, you know, whatever style. It, it at least tells you where to go. Now, some have special fluctuations and all, but I mean, when, when, when I, I cringe, I had to sit down with a young man last year. We're at a wedding rehearsal. It's time to play the Lord's Prayer. Oh, I think this brother played Take the A Train or something. I don't know what. I don't know if this was an Avant song. Let it burn. But young lady singing her heart out. Young lady is singing her heart out. But all the chords were BET after dark. I'm like, dude. <laughs> What? I'm done. I said, there are certain, gospel has standards, just like jazz has standards, Broadway has standards, pop music has standards, country. There's just some songs, if you're a musician in the church, in particular a pianist or organist, you know, you should, they're a part of the lexicon That's right. of gospel. Yes. So it starts with what you said, the hymns. For our brothers and sisters who don't read, there's plenty of old folk that don't read, but they spent enough time right, for baby. it to get ingrained in them. If That's they right. didn't know, they didn't flub their way through it. They asked somebody, show me. You know, and then there are classic songs that are just a part. At this point, if you don't know something about the name Jesus, you need to get something out of my church. <laughs> At this point, it's been it's it's been with us for almost 30 years now. It's been for 25 years. If you if I if I break out into that and you couldn't just do that little climb down the scale, right? Something wrong with you. Listen, if if it just is a little cheat code for those of you that are that for you young musicians or anything, listen, when you're in in, in a when you're playing gospel music or you're playing hymns, listen, it, you're either go you will start mostly on the one to the four to five. Turn it around. Turn it around I, and come back to it. There you go. It, it just, if, <laughs> if you learn those, I'm telling you the patterns. That's, the, the patterns. that's it. it. It It's true. You know, then, that sounds like time. What? That sounds like when you told me how we was getting, how we was getting down to Mississippi or. <laughs> <laughs> Jack don't do directions real well. <laughs> well, you know, when you don't play the, when you don't play the keyboard, you just, uh, okay. Two, 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 <laughs> one, two. Brother, I'm, I will put some fingers up in a second. I will yes, be on the bullpit. This is Listen, 
I'm, <laughs> I'm doing gang signs and stuff. <laughs> I think I'm doing grip signs. I'm like, listen, no. Listen, I try to fight. <laughs> but I'm it's with you. so true. I'm with you. And, and, and we don't want to make it generational, but honestly, it feels that way sometimes. Yeah. It feels there's not a respect. I, I have a nephew who's autistic. I have a nephew who's autistic. If you ever heard him play the organ, you would, it, it, it's something out of, out of a out of a out of a movie, that's how bad he is. Yeah. But but so it's not all. But like you said, because um, there's a lot of fellas our age that, that don't know. But you 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 have to know the structure and of where you are. Yeah. Have to let know me, the structure of where you are. Let me switch gears a bit and talking to business. My hours are from nine to five. You talked about the the perfected approach to ministry that has really come into the ministry. Now we're, we've both been musicians. Uh, I've done real, real amateur groups, traveling, getting here, getting there, you know, trying to do, work the circuit. You know how it goes, work the circuit. Now we're pastors. How much do you see as a positive and negative of churches doing hiring and recruiting to achieve that sound right. from people who are outside the church, as opposed to the old school, if Sister Odell is a pianist, she's just a pianist, and, and Brother Roscoe always sing his song. Now we're like, all right, that one is the best at that. This one is the best at that. And we have less members participating, honestly, in a lot of our worship ministries. Hirelings, people always call everybody a hireling now. You know, how do you see that? Now let's talk just from the area of pastors having to recruit to get the talent and the presentation they want. Well, it, 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 I believe that that depends a lot on the organization that you belong to, because if, if, if some of these organizations, um, they will replace you, you, the pastor, if, yeah. <laughs> if the ministry isn't flourishing. So you're caught in between a rock and a hard place is if do I use what I have that's not been working for the past 30 years or do I bring someone in? That can help us get to the level. So you, so it's. It, I believe it's different on each level. But my my point is this. I just believe. This is my personal. I believe that whatever you need is in the house. Hmm. I believe that God will provide it. I believe. I believe that God will provide it. My my. I've always said. Uh, our job is to be effective in our ministries. My job was to be effective as a, as a minister of music. So effective that, it, that I could attract someone who would want to come and want to be a member of the church mm -hmm. and then play. Mm -hmm. So that's what I did with, with what I did. I, I, I went out and looked and I said, as a minister of music, I said, you know what? I need good musicians. But then I, when I told them, listen, when I recruited them. I said, are you looking for a church home? Yeah. Not yeah. just just to be hired, to be hired, to leave at 11 so you can play at your 1130 service. Mm -hmm. so, so that you can sit there and be poured into and actually have a foundation. Yeah. Because let's be clear, most of the musicians today, they have three or four different churches that they go to. Right. And a member of none of them. And a member of none of them. No, wait a minute, and not, let's let's go deeper than that. They, they don't tie that none of them. Wow. 
They don't tie the number. There it is. No, no. My thing is, even if you ain't a member, even if you ain't a member, at least tie where you're getting fed. Yeah. yeah. Where are you getting fed yeah. at? Where, because there's a place that, that, that hits here. But yes. if you're but if you feel like you only given your talent and your gift and that's sufficient, then you need your heart needs to go back to class. Yeah. And because I think your intent matters. Intent on all sides. It, it, yeah. you, you can go through a season where you don't have what you need and you have brothers and sisters who will share and contribute and that's been a part of the black gospel. Probably all Christian church. There's always been people. There are pastors who fill in where they can. You know, people. It, it, it's the intent of, of of what you're doing. I have lifelong friends who are helping to serve at our church right now. It's mm -hmm. lifelong friends, and what I love about it is they are committed. Many of them go to family churches. They're committed to their churches, and I've always been strong about this. Take care of home first. That's it. If you're gonna help me for a season, if you can slide, if you gotta slide out. At least I know you're not sliding out just to go to church B, church C, church D, church E. I know you're going back to take care of dad or uncle or grandpa or where you were raised, where I know, you know, you're solid. But the intent matters. The yes. intent, I want to provide excellence. It might be for a season, you know, and I know that there's genuine love, respect for the ministry. I've watched brothers and sisters play at a church they don't even respect. Don't don't care about the people. It's a joke to them. There's no passion. If I'm a younger, but yeah, but I can play the old. I'm in an old church and I'm just kind of can't wait for this to be over. Get my check and walk out. That's and it. I have some brothers that, you know, when they can, some of our services, they can stay for it. They stay. They're into the word. We're, we're blessed by the word. They're, 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 they're there. They're truly present. To me, that makes a huge difference. You know, when I was even when I got older. And I was able to direct and go to other churches and help other people out. This was my after my after my service. You know what my dad would ask me? He would say he would sit down and we sit down and talk. He's like he was like, so what was the word about? Hmm. And I'd sit back and be like, um, uh, well, you know, you was outside talking with talking up with the fellas, exactly, waiting for the preacher to tune up. And and so that that showed me it showed me something about me and who I was yeah. as minister. I really dedicated to the person was I dedicated to the check. Yeah. And and so and that where we I figure like you said in, intent means everything. Now, like I said, come in there and help me. If I we under we understand that it's just a help, but be dedicated to something. Yeah. 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 I love it, Amen. Pastor Jeff. You you you've you've now transitioned from being a minister of music and those things to a pastor, and it, it, it's a beautiful thing. Uh, first of all, congratulations on the authentic church. Uh, you're getting your diploma and you know doing all that you've done. How is it? How how what's the how is that? How is how is being a pastor now compared to being a minister of music? And and what is the what is the pastor, and, and I know you talked about it a little bit, but what is the relationship between the pastor, and what should the relationship between the pastor and the minister of music be? How, how, how intense should that be? Okay, well, it, let's just, uh, let's start with the first one. How has it been? It, it's, it's tough. It's tough starting a brand new church it's during a pandemic. Yeah. Mm. 
Um, and yeah. so that's, I think it would be a lot easier if we weren't in a pandemic, but trying to get people to trust the process and be able to come out to church because we're doing in-person services. But we're doing them um, by social, with social distance, you know, where we are. So it, it's, it's, it's difficult. I, I, I can't tell you that it's not. It's very difficult. But I understand also it's rewarding. So I'm almost like Paul, the Apostle Paul with the thorn in his side. You know, it, it hurt, but it was necessary. You yeah. know, so this is the part that's necessary. I need to understand what it's like to be able to try to create in this pandemic that we have so that I can understand ministry as a whole. And I just believe that's what the Lord is teaching me. He's teaching me what struggle really is. Hmm. But understanding that integrity is strength through the struggle. Yeah. Wow. So wow. That's, that's what I believe that he's showing me in type this. That in my, let me type that in my notes. Sir. <laughs> but right. also the minister of music, and I'll say this until my last breath, outside of the pastor's wife, the minister of music and the pastor should have a relationship like this. There should be nothing that goes on. I was so close to my pastor when we, my last pastor, when I was here in Charlotte, I was so close to him that if he moved his foot to the left, I knew he was about to tune up. If, if, if he went to, I would look at the musician, although the musician learned him too, but I would look, cause I didn't have to play anymore. But mm -hmm. I, I was able to just give the instruction. But I learned him so intently that I knew if he was about to do something, I'd tell everybody, get ready. It's time. You know, you have to be, you have to know the heart of your pastor. You have to know his tendencies. You have to know, you know, if, if he didn't eat, if he if he drank cold water, you know that not, don't put him in E flat, put him in B flat. Take him down. Help you him know, out. That's it. Know, you got to have that relationship. Like I said, being a minister of music is not um, all that is cracked. Everybody just thinks it's a person just raving your hand and just do it. No, it's a lot. You, you have to pay attention to a lot of things. And then discern the atmosphere in the crowd. Because what I did, because I, I was one of those that where my pastor spoke, he didn't give me the title. Mm -hmm. So he preached. And I listened to the words, and then I came up with this with with the the altar call song from the words of the sermon. That's it. So it's it's called paying attention, you know. And you know that's what a lot of a lot of people lack these days. We don't we don't pay attention. We like you said earlier, we'll play the song that we like that's cute on the radio, but that ain't for the house, and that ain't for this time. Right. You know. So, so it, I, I love it. it. it can't be like this, got to be like that. That's you know, awesome. and no matter how good the word is, there are churches that are carried completely by the word, but the worship. Mm -hmm. And like you said, it may not be the the professional presentation, the gifting limitations, the limitations of your craft. But if people can feel a certain synergy, a certain connection between what is happening in the pulpit and what is happening on that piano or organ, it melds together a potent ministry the that total can experience. That's what I call it. The yeah. total experience. That's what you yeah. need. Yeah. And, 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 and oftentimes I think that just like preachers get into ruts, 
musicians, we get into ruts too, where yes. we just lean on what we know. We know what worked before, right. you know, we know that one time we played, we offer Christ and everybody came running to the altar. So we just, you know, we had ideas. So here we are. But like, like I said earlier, truly engaging in the moment, you're not the preacher, but you play a large part in how the preacher's words are going to be received. And I might, I add, since you mentioned an altar call, how the whole experience is going to be sealed because that musician opens things up and usually closes things out. Right. So it's going to have a huge effect on how people come into this thing and what they walk away with. That's right. How this seals it all together, compacts it. You know, I always, that, 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 the, I always say that the pastor is almost like a painter, but we control the brush and the canvas. Mm. So whatever he's doing, we have to make it come to life. Yeah. You know, so that's that's how serious. I, I take that. I take that 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 role. You know, so when I look for a minister of music or a singer or a worship leader, I'm looking for somebody who's you can see because you can't teach heart. So you're looking for somebody like my sister just said in the comments. She, you can't teach you. It's for the not not for the faint at heart. Minister of music or anything like that because it's a lot of responsibility. You can't teach heart. You can't teach heart. You can't teach heart. Uh, let, let, let me finish up with this question, if you don't mind. And I want all of you who are watching, please, you know what, share this because there have been so many good nuggets from Pastor Lamont, from Pastor Lamont Josie. So much wisdom, like some great laughs. Make sure you like our platform and get your rapid fire questions ready so we can give some time to rapid fire questions. But I want to talk more about the, 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 the development and the evolution of the worship ministry in particular with technology. Hmm. You know, we have gone from, you know, organ, piano, maybe guitar, bass and drums to click tracks, you know, uh, you know, stems. And I'm talking some stuff. This might be Greek to Jeff. Stems, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, everybody got in-ears. Everybody got in. Remember, it used to just be a pit and everybody was on top of each other in the corner of a church. Now yep. we got in-ear monitors and, and of course, screens and all the preparation things that go into. Listen, if you don't put batteries in that mic, Doc, you. <laughs> and I'm talking the responsibilities of not just expressing your gift, but developing the craft and the presentation so that all of these things that can be an, an enhancement to the worship don't end up being a hindrance. Right. You know, how do you feel about that? I mean, there have been times, I'll be honest, I, I, I love my brother, uh, Destry is my MD. Uh, we go way back. There have been times when they start that click track up. I'm like, just turn it off. Just turn it off. I know where this is going. You know, we about to have tempo problems because, you know, maybe they can't hear or something. And I'm like, you know, I know it sounds great, but if you don't implement it with excellence, there you, go. you could do more, you know, more hindrance. So what do you feel about the evolution of technology, the responsibilities of the minister of music now that go beyond directing, teaching, playing and being with the pastor? They got to do a whole lot of technical stuff. What do you think? Well, I, I'm, I'm going to continue to say it. And I know a lot of my preacher friends going to be mad, <laughs> but um, I think the ministry of music is one of the hardest jobs ever in, in, a, in a church. Uh, there's so much that you have to learn. There's so much that you have to know. Not only do you need to know that word because you're actually helping to bring it forth through song, 
but you have to know all the technical sides. You have to know what's up under you. You have the audio, you have the audio visual here. You have the all the musicians here. You have to make sure everything comes together. That's a full time. That's a nine to five. Yeah. It's a real job. And a lot of people don't take it. You know, a lot of people think that it's, oh, he's just gifted. This comes easy. Uh, just because you, we make it look easy doesn't mean that it's easy. It's and that's a curse. It's a curse that how easy it looks. And your mind is in 19 different places. Even as a pastor, I'm thinking about the live stream. I'm thinking about the, the screen. I'm running half of it from the pulpit, and the MD is running all these things, and they're so used to it. People don't understand what goes into it. It's, it's, it can, like you said, it can be a hindrance, though, when it's not done in excellence. Yeah. When it's not done in excellence, because, and, and that's where the frustration comes in especially yeah. as a minister of music or a pastor, because when it's not done in excellence, then now you're having to work to actually to, to bring the people back. It's almost like you're fishing and reeling them back in from squealing mics or yeah. Yeah, from squealing mics or from something not starting on time or for them playing a little, playing the click track a little too long. The shout was, the groove was too long. You know, there's a lot that goes into it. Technology, it's it's been a great thing for the musician. It, don't get me wrong. It's been great for the musician, but for the pastor or for the person that's, that's actually presiding, it can be so frustrating because that's why, like I said, you have to have somebody that actually knows what they're doing and have a heart for it. Because I'm telling you, you will mess your, you will mess up a service. Yeah, yeah. If you don't know yeah. how to operate all of that. And, yeah. and listen, I tried in ears. I went to my boys' church because we didn't have in ears. I went to my boys' church and I had to play for him. And they had in ear monitors. I put the one in. I, I was so lost. I was like, you know what? Let me just take this out. I'll just yeah, play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because the authentic feel wasn't there for me. Correct. Yeah. Like playing electric drums and you a natural drummer. Yeah. I can't do it. Can't do. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's for me. You know, I'm talking the acoustic generation, you know, and, and there's so much that has to be done, you know, and so much more to mess up so much more to, to mess up. And, and and it can take you out of the spirit in this in this pandemic era. Yeah. Nothing can depress a pastor more than to have streaming problems. Oh, my goodness. You sitting there preaching. Talking somebody wave you down like it then went down. Who am I preaching? <laughs> Talking to me, man. Start over. It happened today. It happened today. Yes, oh. it happened today, man. And it happens to the best of us. I've yeah. watched mega ministries have technical difficulties. It's it's. It's another stress on the mind yeah. of the pastor. It used to just be who's walking in the door, who's here today, you know, who might be sick. Now it's man, I hope this Wi Fi ain't messing up today. Yeah. You, you, you know, <laughs> I hope the person running my computer got the right lyrics up on the screen at the right time. Yeah, they they, they two songs behind what we're singing right now, they two verses behind. Now, on the flip side, on the flip side, like I said, you know. To be, because of where we are right now in this pandemic, a lot of a lot of pastors that were opposed to social media, they own it. Media has saved your church's life. 
Listen, they got an epiphany. They got a revelation. Exactly. I had a, had a pastor who was like, I will never do something. Such. Then the uh, pandemic hit and we didn't have a Facebook page at the church. So I started streaming from my personal page. So what happened was when he saw the church got 600 hits <laughs> uh, before service, and he was like, oh, let's look into that. Right, I was like, right. That's what I was trying to tell you, you know, but technology has saved the church. But but the, I want to make sure that we are talking about the right thing when I tell people that the technical side of music yeah. has, has can be a hindrance a lot. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and what we hear come out of a professional producer or a band or those who make records for a living and those who do the concerts, the years sometimes they put into perfecting that gift, wow. even on the technical side, you can download all the loops you want. You can you can pull your iPad out, but somebody put the time into developing that That's and right. doing it with excellent, being right on, right off. Whether it's the drummer, the the MD, the you know the pianist, they're they're, they're controlling things, making sure it's all right on point. We can't do that overnight because we had an idea on Saturday night and we decided we wanted to do it on Sunday morning. Because I've been there. I had I got an idea. I got an idea. And I'm gonna come in three minutes early and try to plug this this uh this, this new PC into my system and try to make it work. Now that a way to make me mad on Sunday, I tell people all the time, and I told my musicians when I was a minister of music, I told them the first thing you don't do is when we come to rehearsal, that ain't the time to practice. That's the time to rehearse what to you perfect. perfect. And then on Sunday morning, it ain't the time to rehearse. No, Sunday morning is the time, you know, for, we can't be going over stuff. It's game time on Sunday. That's it. That's so, it. So I need the starters in the game. I need you all in the game. I don't want us to be sitting up there trying to fumble. So, yeah, and nothing, hurt, nothing hurts a pastor who's involved or a minister of music more than a person who don't show up on time well. to get their stuff plugged in. That's it. That's it. You 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 have said a word, and the benediction needs to be given. I appreciate both of you. Matter of fact, I'm firing everybody. <laughs> everybody fired. We didn't no, cause the mass no, layoff. No, no, no. We, didn't, we, didn't cause, we didn't cause the mass layoff. <laughs> one, thing, one thing before you leave, man. I am a huge fan of E. Dewey Smith. I don't oh. know if he do it every, every week, but he comes in, and you know, he starts off with one of them old songs. I just think it is such a help that y'all can sing before y'all preach. I mean, I try. It might well, not tries. turn out the right well, way. Oh, he tries. <laughs> <laughs> some got it. Some, some just got it. They, they really do. They they just got it. But I mean, I mean, does that help you out a lot with that? I try not to. I listen. I'm in, and I did it one time. And it was for my lunch. I sang the song before. And what I've learned is I, I don't know how my dad did it, but I don't know how you keep your voice. That being able to do that and then going into the word and preaching the way he did. I don't know how he did it. I, I have not mastered that, um, but it, it's hard to do. It's very hard to do. It's a good thing. Don't get me wrong if you can do it, but that's you why. You can do it. I say, I say that's why I got a strong worship leader. 
So, so she can go ahead and kill it. Then let me just come right in and boom. And preach it and preach it. That's Amen. it. That's it. This has been a life giving conversation, it, wisdom, laughs, you know, instruction, perspective from Pastor Lamont Josie. Everybody watching this right now, give it up for Pastor Lamont Josie. Put those hand claps in the comments, finger snaps, thumbs up, hit the likes on your little phone screen, the hearts, the likes, all that stuff. We appreciate you, Doc. We're going to segue into what we call rapid fire. We're going to bring Big Mike in in just a second. But we thank everybody who has been watching. We always dedicate the last 10 minutes or so to some rapid fire questions. So if you didn't submit one yet, just type it in the comments. I'm not sure if there were any that we didn't, that we might have missed, that we could have hit on. I think we asked and encountered some great questions about music, but rapid fire is about anything. They might ask you about, you know, do you believe aliens exist? I don't know. You might get anything <laughs> in rapid fire. So all y'all watching, hang tight, because this is always a fun time. It's always some, uh, you know, insightful answers. Now, rapid fire means we only get like 30 to 60 seconds of answer. We ain't trying to have a whole dissertation. Right, right, right. Jeff get to preaching and making notes, talking about point one. <laughs> oh, come on, Big Mike. I know he has one. Ask questions not about music because I don't know nothing about music. <laughs> you don't know about music, yeah. Whatever. Unless Tupac. 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 I can talk about Tupac. You know about Tupac. Too short. <laughs> no limit soldiers. What's up, Big Mike? Pastor Give it to us. Pastor, oh man, it's a pleasure having you on, my man. Really enjoyed the conversation. Oh, I appreciate you. It. Yeah, yeah. I um I, I used to write. I used to direct choirs and things like that. So a, a, a lot of things you said, man, I felt, I felt it. I felt it. Yeah. So thank you again, man, for coming on. Really appreciate it. Really thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, okay. As far as rapid fire, uh, since we're talking about gospel music, we'll start with that. Um, all time favorite gospel artist. Ooh. Marvin Winans. Marvin Winans. He's my number one singer. Ever. Period. <laughs> underrated. I'm Grossly underrated. Nobody say. I want to. I want to play Kirk Franklin in his bar. <laughs> you want what? <laughs> I want to play Kirk Franklin. I want to be. You, I'm really. You hey, call, hey, call Lifetime. They'll do it. Lifetime will do it. The Kirk Franklin story. I can dance too. I can dance. With, you know, I can do all. Life, Lifetime will cast anybody in some of these movies. You know they call. They have you up in uh, Youngstown somewhere. Uh, <laughs> talk about what you're looking for. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm with you. Vocalist, especially yeah. Marvin Winans and songwriter. So many people underrate what he is to just the whole breadth of gospel music, what it means. I mean, I, I don't think people recognize him Man, I, at I all. He was he's just an icon. He's he he's more than than what people even see. He's bishop now. Yeah. But, but right. my, my Barvin, <laughs> that man was awesome. Yeah, he's he's somebody. Yeah. All right. Now, now for me, man, as far as arranging, writing and arranging, uh, for me it was always Richard Smallwood, man. Mm. Uh, to mm. me, he's one of the best writers right. and arrangers. Most right. Yeah, Nobody can write songs between him and Donald Lawrence. Yeah. Yeah. 
They're like they're like the Beethoven and the Mozarts of black gospel. Yeah. Oh God! And, and, I, and I'm, gonna say, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say it, and I, I said it on Facebook, and I you know I got a lot of people who agree with me. I just think that Fred Hammond CD, that blessed CD, was the the, the that devil joint was the dopest CD ever. Oh, to pages come out. of life, pages of yeah, life, man. man. I bought three, I bought three different copies, man. That was hot. I bought three. I I I I drove to college in tears so many times and back home. <laughs> I almost got in so many wrecks because of Fred. Don't pass me by. <laughs> Fred is one of Fred is one of my favorite. Um, I actually got a chance to tour with him when I was with John. So definitely one of my favorites too. No doubt. Gotcha. No doubt. All right, we're gonna switch it up. Okay. A real rapid fire question. Is it time to stop saying the N word? Nigga, no, no, no. <laughs> That's my favorite word. What she said. I got a pastor friend who said, they, I got a pastor friend, an older guy. He said, they tried to bury the N word. I dug it back up. <laughs> listen, I, listen, I'm guilty. I'm sure guilty because it, the moment that I can't find something to say, I'll be like, <laughs> it, it, goes so, it goes so well. With, it goes so well in the Baptist sermon. It, 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 it makes you, everything better. These Negroes, Negroes, Negroes. They know you mean business when you pull it out. Listen, right. And I, and I said Negro, uh, you know, in my first sermon at the church too. I was like, <laughs> I was think about it. I was like, oh, I don't want. I was like, shoot, I'm the pastor. Go. I'm getting to the point, Big Mike, that we don't want to admit it. But even when people say it and, and we have the, the the blow ups about it, you know, white folk or whatever. At this point is half because it's offensive and ugly if you throw the ER on it. Right. Mm -hmm. But the other half is that's our word now. And we don't want you saying it because it's ours and we like it. Mm -hmm. and we just want it to be ours. We had to embrace it. We no. had to embrace it. We had to we make had it ours. So now that we've taken it, we don't want to give it back. Yeah, you can't have it back. So, <laughs> I mean, in a perfect world, in respect to our elders and people who are genuinely, obviously, you know, we want to go ahead and let go. But it, it's become a part of our lexicon. And quite frankly, like Jeff said, it's like a half joke. It really is like the word of emphasis, especially among brothers, especially mm -hmm. among brothers. It's like if you don't cuss and really be out there like that, that, that that's all you got. That's all you got in your arsenal. Right. right. Well, we had, we had, we had an inside joke for the longest of these. these. <laughs> whenever something crazy. <laughs> listen, whenever something crazy has occurred, I'm about to tell my church some secrets. Whenever I have a bad day at church, I just call Jeff and be like, these. <laughs> and they probably saying about me too, right? right. <laughs> no, 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 me, me personally, I don't, I don't use the word a whole lot. I mean, it depends on the situation, who I'm with, what's going on. But it's like when I say it, I don't just hear it; I hear it. If that makes sense, it, it, it stands out to me. So I'm trying to be better. Yeah. And, I, and really, like the only time I really say it is like if somebody do something stupid, it's like, hey. like you know, it's like come on, man, <laughs> like this. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But it, it, you know, you really put us out there like this, Mike. I mean, I probably we probably lost a few viewers. Hey, you know how I do. You know how I do. we are religiously incorrect. In case you tuned in and thought this was like a prayer meeting. <laughs> You know, <laughs> this is not Bible study. Religion incorrect. 
And I, and guess what, y'all? Guess what? And we still anointed too. So you know, yeah, you can take that to the bank. Absolutely. You know? Everybody wants the church folk to be real. We start talking real, they get offended. So I don't, you know, I don't get it. What last, else you got, Mike? Last question. My last question. Um, Pastor George, are you married? No, I'm not. You're not married? Okay. Well, then this this uh will pertain more to Jeff and Todd. Uh-oh. Um, what have you learned about women since you've had daughters? Oh man. Well, no, I didn't say I didn't have daughters. I just said, yeah, 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 that's a whole different thing. Okay. Well, you know what? First of all, let me commend Mike for being in the house two weeks in a row. Mike has been on the porch and we were convinced he'd been put out and he was homeless <laughs> and he was just sneaking and using the Wi-Fi in the back of the house on um, Sunday nights. So we thank God that God has made a, a change in y'all life uh, and brought you together. You know what? I always had a healthy respect for women, period. Watching my daughter now becoming, yeah, she's 12. Uh, the the insecurities and the concern about how they're viewed and perceived, I'm watching that blossom now. Uh, and I understand that whether we like it or not, as much as women have become more comfortable with the self-image and all, that's always a haunting thing. And that you have to be mindful how you speak, how you treat, how you say little smart stuff that might not mean anything to you mm. but could definitely have an impact on them and so esteem self-image how a person wants to be seen and made to feel beautiful and comfortable in their own skin that that i play a big part as father in that helping her to feel confident and affirming who she is and her beauty however that is if she's shorter than all the other girls are skinnier they blossom and all the other stuff you know making sure i encourage it so that's what i've learned and i watch my wife I see what I didn't see before when I was just, here's a girl that's cute, want to be with you, want to get married, you look fine, all that other stuff. It's more to that. So that's the answer that I give so I can go to bed in my own bed tonight. <laughs> um, for me, man, it was, um, you know, my daughter is obviously grown now. You know, she's about to have our, uh, have my second Second grandchild, so yeah, I'm very fix that language, Doc. Fix that. We don't live in West Virginia. <laughs> she's about to, she's about to have a second grandchild. I'm very excited about that. But um, what I learned was when her mother and I uh, first got divorced, and um, you know everything was good. You know, we I was still daddy. She was still my daughter. Uh, I, I can recall taking her to McDonald's the one day, and we sat down and we had a big blowout talk. And she asked me why. And um, hmm. knowing the hurt and the pain, um, the cares. I mean, we sat at McDonald's for almost an hour. You know, we cried and, and we, we, we laughed and we cried and we cried. But to, to, to know the pain that, you, that, you can, that you've endured or you put on somebody like that has been one of, was the hardest time of my life. And, you know, now, you know, being married now and never wanting to see my wife or none of my children anymore go through that pain again. And, and just knowing that, you know, these daughters need their fathers, you know, they need your support more than they need child support. They need uh -huh. the love and, and the, uh, you know, the love and, and the, the concern and, and, you know, just being there is very important. So that's yeah. me. Wow. But can I just say this? Um, Come on. I have four daughters. Wow. I got 
I got four and my I condolences. Got, my condolences to you. <laughs> I got four. I got four daughters and I have uh, seven granddaughters. Wow. Okay, so I got seven granddaughters and I have you know two grand uh, grandsons and then I have one more on the way. So and I got one son. So, but when we're talking about you know, I look back over all of the things that I did because, like I said, I was one of those who traveled and I went and I've I seen and I experienced a lot of things. So I got a chance to see, you know, I got a chance to see who I was mm. and how I treated people, how mm. I treated women, and and it wasn't correct. And and you know now you're looking at now I'm looking at my daughter. And I'm looking at them have kids and I'm looking at now I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm trying to make sure that um, dad is, is, you know, just giving sound advice and trying to, to school them to, to watch out for dudes who like I was just to be honest, yeah. because, you yeah. know, because it, it's kind of, I, I'm just being, I was out there. I was out there, even in the church. So I was, like I said, I, like my mentor said, I'm the, I was the prodigal son brother. I was lost in the church, you know? Mm-hmm. So I was, I was doing a whole bunch of stuff. And now I got these daughters that I have to show, you know, what a man really is, you know? And I have to show you and tell you, hey, these are the mistakes I made so that you don't have to make them, you know? And just really want to be stand up. I want to be somebody that my granddaughters sit back and say, that's Papa. You know, or or my daughter would be like, "Look at my dad. Look how he did this." Because it, it's it's wild out here. And yeah. and like I said, when you got daughters, you be ready to knock somebody upside the head. That's why I stay in the gym, Jeff. Listen. <laughs> Man, listen. I, that's why I benched. I still. I'm almost fifty, and I'm benching three hundred still because there's just there might be a time when I got to put a headlock. You know, so I ain't, I ain't working out, Doc. I'm just getting a gun. Ain't no working out over here. They got guns too, though. They got guns too. It they might, but I shoot first. The Lord gonna tell me when to shoot. <laughs> the Lord said, "Pull." <laughs> All right, I got, I got one. I got one. Uh, I, I was trying to think of how best to frame this question, and I hate to say it in the light of Bishop Rance Allen uh, passing away, but. Whose death would make us break COVID protocol? Because sooner or later it's going to happen. Mm. We're bypassing funerals and that. But what big enough death would make everybody, especially black folk, just say, bunk it? We going. Stevie Barack Wonder. Obama. Barack Obama? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Bunk it. We going. I'm, I'm making a trip. Yeah, I'm making a trip. That's Million Man March right there, Doc. Yeah. Ooh, that's yeah, it is. Can you imagine an Aretha Franklin funeral in this day and age? Can you imagine even what Kobe just yeah. a few months before? Right, right. I feel like the church has been robbed, especially our Kojic brothers and some of these major generals that have died. That is true. Of a proper burial. Yeah, proper burial. The proper going home going. Bishop like, Ellis was probably about the only one wow. who had a full pack them in right. service. Wow. You know, but I feel like, you know, you said Barack Obama. You got one, Mike? Oh, uh, no, man. But Barack is about, yeah, that's, 
Yeah, I'm I'm calling off work. I'm playing the trip. I'm getting the room. Yeah, the nine. I'm, I'm gonna try to preach. I mean, I bring my own mic. <laughs> <laughs> Let me do the script. Let me do the whole script. <laughs> oh, I promise you, I'm directed. I listen, promise. listen. They might have to drag you off, but you're gonna direct something. <laughs> Directing something. I love it. Listen. Let me let me let, let, work real quick. Let me ask a question. Did we have, do we have any from the audience? I didn't see any from the audience. No, no. it's all on us. Yeah. I, I don't know if you were. I don't know if you were there. I mean, I know you were there. We came up to Buffalo. Me and Jinx came up to Buffalo, and we went to a church. You guys were all singing. I can't remember which one it was. But um, after church, we all went out to dinner. That's and, uh, Zion, Dominion. Uh, Zion, huh? Dominion. Zion Dominion. Zion Dominion. I might have been. It might have been. But uh. No, it wasn't Zion Dominion. It wasn't church. But here's the thing. When we were there, um, Daryl Coley was there. And Daryl Coley was cussing out everybody in the restaurant. Okay. <laughs> Daryl Coley was cussing everybody. I mean, he was, and I'm like, and I'm starstruck because I'm like, that's Daryl Coley. But why is he cussing like this? You know, so I, I guess my question. Is 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 the persona doesn't match the character of so many of these oh man superstars. I don't even know if you have enough time for this. Uh, Listen, no, this is a whole nother show. This is a whole nother show that we have to do. We have to put like we have to put the black screen over us and talk with the voices from Dateline. That's that's it. That's deep because I mean honestly, um we look up to so Man, I, I can't even tell the secret because, uh, like I said, but there there are so many of these artists. When you look at them, we look up to them because of what they've done in the industry. But man, when you know their personal life, mm. man, they, their personal life is ratchet. A lot. We're going offline for this doc. We're going in the broadcast and keep yeah. talking because <laughs> I need names. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, listen, uh, Dewey, Dewey, Dewey said this. Uh, he said, he said, I tell you what, he said, he said, um, if you have a problem with gay people in the church, he said, he said, then he said, I'll tell you what, stop singing every song that a gay person wrote. He said, he said, and let's see how many hymns and stuff that you have to sing on Sunday morning. Wow. Wow. We'll be singing. He got the whole world in his hands. Praise and worship. That's it. Because there's a lot, a lot of personal stuff, personal things that we don't know. These people wrote these songs in the middle of their issue. That's it. Yeah. They, they were they were in the middle of their issue. Those are the ones who wrote the best songs. The miming songs. Them songs we mime to. <laughs> them the miming songs. I am so done. That's that's the reason why I just say, you know, everybody got a struggle. Everybody got one. Everybody got a struggle. And we, you know, I don't condemn them because let's be honest. There are times when we have, I'm talking about post salvation. That's it. You know, we still got up there and let me get on the basketball court. And if I get on the basketball court and you found me a little too hard and it's a constant struggle, you know, I, I know that that's the way I used to be. I'd be ready to fight. And then I, I still got, I got my church T-shirt on. Listen. <laughs> Listen. That's how I met William Becton. 
I fought and beat up one of his members. No, I, no, <laughs> no, no. Shut, shut it down. Shut it down. I beat up one of William Beckett's members. No, hey, he threw a ball at me. Testimony. Knocked him out. Testimony service is now closed. <laughs> Testimony. I'm glad we went over time today, boy. I would have missed that nugget if we would have cut off the first time. Mike wanted to cut. Man, that that that's my. I'm making a T-shirt. I beat up one of William Beckett. <laughs> Be encouraged. <laughs> Listen, this has been fantastic. Our shows get better and better, and it's because we have great guests. We have great guests. Pastor Josie, when Jeff said you were cool peoples, I knew you were cool peoples. You can hang anytime, man. We man, we gotta make a trip and get some wings, Doc. We gotta make yep. a trip, swing through Nashville, pick up Tony, go to Charlotte. Yes, sir. Uh, our, our boy Deacon Tony. And man, we will have a time. We might not come home. Wise probably don't want us to come home. It'll be, it'll be a great time. Big Mike, thank you for all the producing and and how you hold everything together. Everybody who's watching us, thank you for tuning in. This is religiously incorrect. This is what we do, y'all. See y'all Real next time, baby. Uncut. Thank you, Pastor Lamont Josie. Thank, thank you, you Big Mike. Thank you, Pastor Jeff. We want y'all to be blessed, be safe, and you know what I'm gonna tell you. Make sure you vote. If you don't vote, yes, don't even yes. bother coming to church next week because I ain't praying for you. I ain't praying for you. <laughs> you should have voted. Listen, don't vote. Still come to my church because we need we need the time. So. Oh, send your offering, but don't come. Yeah, send, 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 yeah, that's send them. Send them. Yeah. Cash out. <laughs> Listen, y'all. We out. We love y'all. Take care. Next Sunday. Next, next Sunday. Sunday. 9 p.m. Facebook, YouTube Live. Every Sunday night. 9 yeah. o'clock Eastern. Come back and watch us next week, even though Pastor Josie won't be here. If we, if not, we'll just bring him back anyway. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Peace out, y'all.